In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Right. Well, we have a really interesting movie <laughs> to discuss this week. Um, and my opening question to you, Amy, is... I, I am very curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, my opening question to you is perhaps de- deceptively simple. Uh-huh. Um, what would it take for you to sell out the entire human race. Whoa. <laughs> um yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I would do that. Um I'm not sure it would I there I have a price because even because well, la di da, Mrs. Well, I've got not because integrity. I'm so great. Uh uh-uh, uh, no, not really. Because <laughs> I don't think so. Because okay, so if if I were to say one billion dollars or like two trillion dollars or um, some crazy amount me, of money, Amy, whenever you say a large figure like that, by law, you are required to say it like one billion dollars. Thank you. And with okay, um, but. Hey guys, if, so, if you're too young to get that <laughs> reference, do watch Austin Powers featuring Mike Myers. And if you're too young and you've never heard that before and you don't know who Dr. Evil is from that, like also get a life. But Oh god, god. Um, don't alienate <laughs> our like perhaps three listeners who are under 25. We really need them, Amy. Please. Yikes. I don't know. That just is crazy to me. Um that would be crazy. I don't know. That just anyway. Point being, even if my price was like super high and I said, okay, yeah, I'll sell out everybody for a billion dollars. Hey, here's the deal. I'm part of the human race. So therefore, if I've then sold out the entire human race, I am part of that. So whatever, you know, is the, say we're all dying, then I'm going to die and my billion dollars will be worthless. Well... Sure, but maybe then what you're saying is that your price should be, I get to stay alive. Oh, yeah, but then you're alone on Earth and that seems scary. Or you're alone, like, I mean, in the case of, like, maybe this movie, you're alone with just aliens. Nah, not my jam. Don't think I'd like that. Well, but you wouldn't be totally alone because you would, in if we're going by the rules of this movie, and I know... To we say, should. I mean, to say the be. to say the phrase "rules of this movie" is already like a lot. Um, yeah. But if we were to go by the rules of this movie, what you would actually be doing is not 
like not every human being is going to get killed right away. They're going to mm. slowly be eaten by these aliens. And as the aliens eat them, they transform into the body of the person they've just eaten. So uh. you could be like, hang, like hanging out. And then you'd say to your friend, like, hey, Fred, have you eaten like, or sorry, probably you'd have to say like, hey, Zipzorp, have you eaten <sighs> lately? And Zipzorp would be like, nah, B, I'm kind of hungry. And then you're like, get into this guy's body. Um, and so yeah, you wouldn't be totally could... alone. That's true. You would just be the one human that wouldn't turn into lunch. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's still uncomfortable and weird. <laughs> See, Fair enough. Seeming to me. Um, cause then like you're, oh, but like, oh, so if I, if I had no choice, if they were like, this is what's happening, but like we can give you like some little out by like, tell us what, what, what could be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I would say, okay, kill everyone else, <laughs> eat everyone else, but like maybe keep the people I know and love my family, my friends, my circle of people like, can we chill and stay humans <laughs> yeah i mean maybe i mean it's still horrible I it's still, still totally devoid of any kind of like feeling for others um <laughs> but i was just curious because yeah it's not for me don't think i'd do it no i don't think i would do anything that gets done in this movie <laughs> i'm just gonna say yeah, that straight yeah, off i agree with that um so, hello. Except drink a lot of coffee. Then that maybe I would do. Yeah. Um, so, hello, everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh. I am joined, as always, with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. And, Amy, why don't you tell our eager listeners, what fucking movie are we talking about this week? I mean, I, if you couldn't tell from what we just were saying, I'm sorry, you've missed out. Um no, this we are talking about a bananas movie today called Amanda and the Alien from 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know the specific date, but it says here that it came out on August 20th, 1995. Yep. Um, and it's wacky. Yes. Um, so, uh, I think the first thing to say about this movie, because I didn't realize this when I chose it, this is actually a made-for-TV movie rather that than makes sense. something that like came out in the theaters. Um, yeah. And that already helped me like adjust my expectations because, um, yeah. as you'll see in my notes, other movies that came out in August of 1995 were things like Dangerous Minds, Mortal Kombat, Babe, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, and The Usual Suspects. Now, I'm not saying all of these movies were good. Um, I'm not a fan of any of those. Bad, <laughs> but like there was a level of something happening in those sure. movies. I guess it was professionalism, for lack of a better word, um, that didn't happen in this one. And then when I saw it was yes. a made-for-TV movie, I was like, oh, that helps me. Get it makes this a lot more a sense. More. Um, now, did it? Do you happen to know? Oh, it does say Showtime. Really? Yes. Wait, because I was going to ask what channel. Because like it's got some like Lifetime aspects. It's got uh-huh. some like uh, 
it's got some sci. I mean, I th- maybe sci-fi channel. Yeah. Do they do weird stuff. Yeah. But Showtime is very. But it does. It does have some Showtime. <laughs> yes. stuff In it too. Well, I so actually. That's strange. I actually would say it has more Cinemax elements oh, yeah. to it. Um, in terms uh-huh. of how much sexy time gets happening yeah. in this movie, because that I I texted you about this. I was surprised yes. about how much sexiness was somehow shoehorned into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, like, and it was gross. <laughs> it wasn't act like it was like I knew that the point of it was to be quote unquote sexy, but I did not find much of what was happening to actually be sexy. You know what I no, mean? Like, and, no, and no, <laughs> and also like I, whoa, we'll talk about it, but like the ugh, this God, she. The sexy times happen between very particular couplings. Right. Like, yes. It, it could have gone many different ways, but they chose, like, the what I would say is the most quote unquote obvious couples yes. to. Anyway, we'll get there, but yeah. yikes. The yeah. sex scenes were yikes. Yes. No. Do, like, when I, when I, I will repeatedly use this phrase because I, I know that's like what people were thinking about when they did these. I'll keep using the phrase sexy, but I also want everyone to know this is not sexy. Whenever I yeah. see, like it isn't. That's just what's happening. No. Um, yeah, yeah. I also found it strange that Wikipedia describes this film as a sci-fi comedy. I mean, it was hilarious. There was one moment that I like genuinely laughed. Um was it when someone remember. said fuck off? Because no. they did say that a whole bunch. Yeah, they did, and I liked that. That's not really necessarily funny, but I liked it. Um, that first lady, I think, the like brunette lady said that a bunch. No, it was something where <laughs> a guy at a gas station overheard them talking about something weird and alien. Oh. And, and then there's just like a shot of like his confused face. And it, I forget the exact line right before they show his face, but it did make me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple. But that's the thing is like the things that made me laugh, which were not many. Um, I don't think those were the things that were like written as jokes. Uh, probably not. Is my feeling about this. Um, yeah. The so the IMD there isn't much to tell about this movie. It does not really have much of a presence anywhere. Um, yeah. So the IMDb description is as follows: A young Bohemian female artist falls in love falls in love with a nubile human eating alien, and teaches him. <laughs> yep, uh, and teaches him how to be more human. However, government agents are on his trail. That's all we get. And that's Here's the deal. What? How we... Uh, we don't do... It's not important, but they're gendering the alien when clearly the alien jumps into multiple bodies right. and is seemingly genderless. Anyway, whatever. Yes. And um, you'll notice in my outline, this time I worked very hard to, when I was referring to the alien, to always use the pronoun it. Um, yeah. now I know that probably it isn't great, uh, like, like, but it's an alien. So, well, that's the thing is I was like, I wouldn't ever use it to somebody who is gender fluid or non-binary or whatever 
for a human being because that's gross. <laughs> um, but this isn't a human being. And as far as we know, there is this particular alien does not clarify anything in that respect. Yeah. And when, so, and when it's in its alien form, it looks like a plastic bag on the floor. So like, <laughs> I think it's okay. Indeed. Um, yeah. So, and, but what's interesting is that that description captures what you were talking about before, which is like the central coupling is between Amanda who yeah, the fe- I don't know why female is jammed in there so strong in this description. Um, <laughs> and when the alien is taking on the body of a human man. Um, yeah. That's kind of the... Sen- that's I think that's also probably like the longest screen time, though I didn't check. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this movie was also went by the title Alien Love in the United Kingdom, which is woof. Um, yeah. And then even more surprising to me, and I saw this in the credits and I was like, someone did this? This is based on a short story. So this is based on something somebody wrote. Um, and the person who wrote... I feel like it would maybe do better as a short story. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, and it's written by this guy, Robert Silverberg, um, who is a pretty prolific science fiction writer. He began writing in the 1950s, and he's Mm -hmm. won both Hugo and Nebula Awards, and those are some of the big Mm -hmm. science fiction writing awards. Um, And this particular story was originally published in Omni Magazine in 1983. Um, Hmm. So, I mean, and that's it. That's all I could find that seemed even remotely interesting about the backstory for this movie i don't have any idea how the person who like wrote it or directed it like came across this short story or what um but that is what we're dealing with so let us talk about the cast um which is interesting because some of the people in this cast are actually pretty good <laughs> um, and I don't know what happened. Um, let's be clear, not in this movie. They're no, not good, no, no, but... no, no one is doing a good job in this movie. Um, and because it's a TV, made for TV movie, I'm like, normally when someone appears in a real bad movie, you're like, well, hopefully they got like paid a bunch. Um, I'm not sure that anyone got even paid a bunch for this. I really don't Well, the thing about a TV movie, which I don't know this for a fact, but I have a feeling because production value is lower and all of the things, I feel like it's got to be a shorter time commitment in terms of like... Oh, yeah, like they probably... five days of work versus like a month or something. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably, each one of these people, with maybe the exception of Nicole Eggert probably worked at most a week, right? Like, yeah. Um, and I so, would hope. If it was longer than that, that was a waste of time. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, so the titular protagonist, Amanda, the character's name is Amanda Patterson, is played by Nicole Eggert, who was 23 when this movie came out. Um, hmm. And we were just talking about this before we started recording. Um, she mostly is known for two particular roles that she had. The first being Jamie Powell, uh, one of the kids on Charles in Charge. 
Um, and then as once she finished that in 1990, she went on to be Summer Quinn uh, on Baywatch for two seasons. And then this move, and that ended in 94. And then this movie comes out the year after that. So at the time, um, she would have been, I know, I mean, everybody loved Baywatch babes. So Nicole Eggert was definitely somebody's favorite. We just, I don't. The name sounds very familiar. Like Nicole Eggert. Yeah. That's, I mean, because like I was saying when we were talking off air, like I remember Charles in Charge, but you, you were too young kind of to really have that make yeah, an I definitely like didn't. Yeah, I definitely um, don't think I watched that in any type of by the time basis. by the time she was on Baywatch, you would have been more kind of aware of your surroundings, and she was the type of person who would like be on magazine covers and stuff. Yeah, you know, as just like look at this hot lady, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So she was very and, and you know she is really beautiful like no like she looks great in this movie um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of her thing uh she got into this she was a child actor um her first credit was in 1979 when she was basically about seven um Mm -hmm. and then she kind of works through various tv gigs until she does a character arc on who's the boss and then lands jamie powell on charles in charge um by the mid-2000s, her credits on IMDb start to slow down quite considerably, but it looks like she still works every now and again. Um, mm-hmm. And that's her. So next we have a character called Colonel Rosencrans, who is played by... Um, and that was someone I never knew the name of until I like went through this. Um that's played by an actor called John Deal, who was 45 when this came out. Um, I was surprised because I, we both have watched this movie, I think, in the past year. He played one of the like street punks um, in Escape from New York. Uh, oh, I mean, I, can't, I mean, I've definitely watched it within the last year. That doesn't mean I remember. <laughs> no, I don't. And I mean, I don't think he even had any lines. He was just one of the oh, okay. people in it. Um, so I was just like, oh yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, his main claim to fame is that he played Detective Larry Zito on three seasons of Miami Vice. Um, so that was, you know, in the eighties. And then from that time, from then to now, uh, he seems to have a steady stream of like one-off gigs on TV, different, you know, like showing Mm -hmm. up on this and that. All over the place. Which one is he? Which one is he in this movie? He's the like general who always has a cigar and is always shouting at the other guy. Okay. Okay. He doesn't make, he's not like a super important character, but he is sort of there. So I included him on this. Um, The next person is Lieutenant Vint. And that's played by Michael Dorn, who was 43 at the time this movie came out. And I, when I saw his name on the credits, I was like, what? <laughs> like, um, Is he good at something? Well, because he played Worf in Next Generation. <gasps> oh, whoa. I did recognize him. Wait a second. 
I did recognize him, but I had no clue what it was. Oh, wow. Interesting. She makes a Star Trek a joke in this movie. She makes multiple Star Trek oh, does jokes she? in this movie. Yes. I only heard one where she specifically says the word Star Trek. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Why was he in this? Oh, I no, that know. was a mistake. <laughs> I don't know. I was the whole time I was like, what is happening? And especially because he, he's one of the people, and we'll get into this, who like is constantly saying fuck. And he's the one <laughs> who says later that he was distracted by seeing a penis but of course he calls the penis a johnson and i yeah. was i was just like Worf would never be so crude as to <laughs> I, I just couldn't deal with it um so and what's even weirder is like presumably this wasn't at a tough time for him because in 1995 next generation had only just ended um mm-hmm. and he was in the midst of filming various Next Generation movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, the mid-90s, he starts doing quite a lot of voice work, which he continues mm. to do today. Um, and I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. He's got a really good voice, like really resonant mm-hmm. and kind of um, gravitasy. And I was like, oh, yeah, he would be a really good guy for that. Um so, and just a, he he just was bored <laughs> i guess um and he also soon like around this time joined the cast of star trek deep space nine and Worf mm. was specifically brought on to try and boost the ratings of that show because it was the suckiest mm. of all of the iterations of star but trek but as Worf, i just looked up pictures again but as Worf, uh I he had a lot of makeup. He was kind of not recognizable as himself right. in that character. Correct. Yes. But um but like if but hmm. I'm just saying like if if the reason why someone would be in this movie is because of I need a bit of money or I need to like get my keep my face out there or whatever. Like he doesn't have that those reasons, especially not yeah. at this time. Like this would have been one of his best moments as an actor yeah, he got tricked or somebody um, or was maybe just like dude like just do me a solid yeah I, he, he like owed maybe somebody did a somebody a favor i don't really know <laughs> um but anyway uh some interesting stuff about him is that um he initially thought he wanted to well he did want to be like a musician and so he was in some rock bands in the early days, uh, but then transitioned to acting. And one of his first um, uncredited roles is he's one of like Apollo Creed's like um, tag along entourage people in Rocky. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I could see that because he's this big black guy and he like hangs out with Apollo Creed, I guess. <laughs> um, so anyway, he, like I said, by the time the early 2000s come along, um, it seems like most of what he's doing these days is a lot of voice work. Um, got it. Which, again, makes total sense because he's got a good voice. And as we've said numerous times on this show, voice work might be the best thing in the world because you can do, like, I, multiple shows at a time. And I would love to do voice work. Yeah. That would be, like, if I could be, like, a professional voiceover artist, please. Yeah. Well, <laughs> give us our your best, like... 
Oh, in- no, don't make me audition right now. Okay, sorry. Next week, we'll have you do Next week, okay. a good... <laughs> you can do the intro. I already did um, the Austin Powers one. <laughs> I mean, what more do you want? You might need to say more than three words for the audition. Nah. <laughs> um, the next character, again, is someone who... Their name is ever never actually mentioned in the movie. Um, so I was disappointed. Disp- surprised to discover that the person is called Emmett Mallory and that's mm-hmm. played by a different actor who I totally recognized named Stacy Keach who was 54 when this movie came out and even more surprising about this guy is he is actually known renowned for being a Shakespearean actor that's hilarious <laughs> and he is something in is going movie. on here <laughs> like, something happened here somebody Um, like fucked up and did something weird to these people maybe they like maybe they're all on drugs no amy do you know what happened they were taken over by aliens aliens, and then they made this movie and then the aliens were like haha we've done it this is our slow roll into humanity um that's it now just and I really am not. I'm not trying to like undersell this. Um, on his bio and stuff, you see like numerous awards and like accolades for his Shakespearean work. But he also seems to be one of these actors who's like fairly pragmatic and is like, well, I'm also gonna like do TV and movies because I have to assume the pay is better than being a Shakespearean actor. Um, <laughs> So he played Sergeant Stedenko in the Cheech and Chong classic Up and Spoke in 1978. Um, he played Mike Hammer in the new Mike Hammer series, which ran from 84 to 87. Um, he played Warden Henry Pope in Prison Break from 2005 to 2007. And the thing that I actually recognized him from once I saw it is he played Detective Jimmy Brogan on an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, that means he's he was 54 in 1995? 26 old. years ago. Yes. Whoa, and he's on... I don't really watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but that means that, like, I mean, that was obviously recent then. Yeah. Yeah, he, he would have been... Because now he would be... Uh, 80. So he was in his Whoa. 70s then, I yeah. think, probably when that episode was filmed. Um, and then he still is working, and he has recent, like, character arcs on NCIS New Orleans, Blue Bloods, Man with a Plan, and currently has four different projects in pre-production. Um, well, damn. I so guess this movie didn't hurt his career, so it good for him. It clearly did not. Maybe because he did, has so much skill in the Shakespearean realm, it, like, balanced it out. So it's like, oh, Maybe he just, just, like, he was like, I'm going to just keep working to, like, steamroll so nobody remembers I yes. was in that thing. Well, I guarantee you no one remembers this film, so yeah, it doesn't no, matter. Yeah, well. Um, now, Until now, baby, we're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the other two... Uh, characters I'm going to talk about uh are like technically one character um but anyway uh the first one is Connie Flores uh who gets turned into an alien and that's played by an actor named Alex Menensis who's 30 when this movie came out 
Um, and mm-hmm. I included this information from for you, Amy. She played one of I see. Joey Tribbiani's sisters on an episode of Friends. I do recognize her from that. I did not place <laughs> her. I would did not know that, but now that you say it, yeah, absolutely, I can I can picture that. Yeah, well, she has the very like dark uh, hair and like kind of. Mm, uh, Mediterranean complexion that would make sense for being Joey's sister, even though she's yeah. actually Latina, not Italian. Yeah. Um, now again, she was really beautiful in this and everything. So, um, even though she wanted to do acting very early on in her life, the way she started was, um, right after high school, she got a modeling contract, um, that took her again, mostly to like the Mediterranean parts of Europe where she, you know, like, you see this when you ever travel internationally, like that the models generally are supposed to look kind of like the population that they're selling, mm-hmm. you know, bottled water to or whatever. Um, right. And so that's what she did for at least, I think, a few years. Um, and then she came back to the U.S. and started doing acting, you know, doing stuff like, now I can't remember the specific acting school she goes to, but she goes to one of those ones, like the Strasbourg School or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then her first IMDb credit appears in 1994. Um, and this movie was only her fourth IMDb credit. So this is very early on in her career. Mm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And then a few years later, she has a character arc on Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Mm. And since that time, so that Medicine Woman was like kind of late 90s. And since that time... She has a very, she's similarly one of these people that has a very long credit list of, but like a lot of like TV movie here, couple appearances Mm -hmm. there, maybe like a B movie every so often. But nonetheless, she's, you know, doing well, I think. I mean, frankly, I'm like, if you keep getting jobs, you're a successful actor. Yeah. um, Absolutely. So that's, I mean, the fame thing is overrated when it comes to. You know, there so many of these people we talk about on the show that, like, I've never heard of or I don't recognize their name, you know, have had, like, long storied careers. Yeah. It's not all about fame. Right. And I think, to me, that would be kind of the best of both worlds, which is, like, yeah, you love what you're doing, clearly, because you're doing it. Um, but also you can, like, go to the store and no one bothers you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, like, the dream. <laughs> And then finally, we have Charlie Nobles is the character who is played by an actor named Michael Bendetti, who is 28. Um, mm-hmm. And I just was like, I feel like I recognize this handsome guy. He certainly seems handsome enough to have been in things. And I was sort of right, which is that prior to this, he played Officer Anthony Mac McCann on 21 Jump Street for two seasons or maybe three. No, I think it's just two seasons. Um, But this movie is his second to last credit on IMDb, and he has nothing happening after 1995. And I was a little surprised. This movie, like, put him over the edge. He's like, I can't anymore. (laughs) I don't know. I I was surprised because, and I know this sounds really, like, shallow, um, but I was like, I mean, he was handsome, and he certainly wasn't bad in this. So I don't know... Maybe it was just his own choice. He didn't want to keep doing it. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say a sort of difficult um, 
It, it, there's a hmm, acting like an alien in a human's body. I would say <laughs> is a difficult is a difficult challenge. Indeed. To and. <laughs> And he's not the only one in the world who's done it. I mean, there's others, you know, obviously there's a bunch of people in Men in Black who did it. And, right. you know, Vincent D'Onofrio is my favorite. But, oh, um, man, you love that uh, <laughs> Edgar Sugarwater bit. It's your I favorite. <laughs> it is my favorite. He's so gross, but it's, like, great. Um, but there's something, I mean, he's very, when he's the alien in this movie, he's very, robotic's not the right word, but yeah. it's, like, emotionless one but it's note like, very one note. One yes note. which is it's good you can tell like that's you know everyone's kind of doing it when they're the alien so like you can tell that's the direction they're right. going for but it is also hard to tell what someone's acting ability is sure. when that's what they're doing do you that, know what I mean? yes i do but i will say this when he was charlie noble's human man I was like, this is the most disgusting man on oh, yeah. the face of the earth. And there are re- there are many reasons that we will talk about why that's so. Yeah. But once he became alien, alien Charlie, he was nice. He was nice. <laughs> and there was, yeah, that's true. And I immediately, like, when he was playing Charlie Noble's human man, I was like, he doesn't, he's not handsome, he's not pleasant, he's not anything. <laughs> and as soon as he became alien version, I was like, oh yeah, he is pretty handsome. And he does seem <laughs> kind of nice. Um, so maybe he's actually quite good at acting. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but the point is, there are plenty of people who are not particularly good at acting, but who are very attractive, who make a career for themselves Oh, yeah. And so I guess I was just a little bit like, oh, I'm surprised he... Because it literally just, like, cut off. It wasn't like, oh, Hmm. I had kind of a rough couple years and then I just disappeared. It was like, we're done. And as far as... And I don't think he's... Like, I don't think he passed away. Like, it's not anything like that. It's just like he just leaves... Well, that would be real sad. (laughs) He just leaves the acting world for whatever he goes on to do. Um, Which I just thought was a bit surprising, but... You know, we don't know the backstory, and maybe he was like, "Yeah, I was fucking addicted to heroin, and I couldn't do it." Yikes! You know, or well, like, because when it's so abrupt, like, I mean, the world is tough. But like for me, especially, like when it's such an abrupt departure like that, I often assume there's some kind of backstory that's very serious of like, yeah, I couldn't be in that world anymore, and that's why I'm gone now. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But so let us now, boy oh boy, dive into a movie that like, well, I think I want to return to this question at the end, but I will just say this now. We have certainly watched our fair share of what I would describe as bad movies. Um, Yep. Like the robot zombie one comes to mind quite quickly uh robot zombie i don't even remember that that was the hong kong one. Oh yeah 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 um or maybe it was called a oh, robo vampire i'm sorry that's the actual oh title. yeah 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 um killer clowns comes to mind like so it's not like this is our first rodeo with bad movies <laughs> um and it's not even that as we've discussed you or i are like too good to enjoy a bad movie um not at all but this one 
was just like, I don't know. Really like, bad. Like, I feel <laughs> like I got more enjoyment out of Robo Vampire because it was so weird. Mm-hmm. And this is weird too, but like, it's not as nuts. And so it's just like, oh, this is just bad. It's not fun. <laughs> it's just bad. Um, so let's start. We open up to a scene where there's some ominous music playing in front of like kind of a jail looking building uh, with a lot of bars around it. And at the bottom of the screen, we have our little title card that says U.S. Government Safe House, Oakland, California. Um <laughs> And then we kind of zoom in and end up in what I keep calling a situation room. I'm not sure if that's necessarily what it's officially called, but that's what it seemed yeah. like to me. And yeah, there's yeah. this group of people, mostly men. I think it's just like one lady in there. Um, and Mallory, so the Shakespearean actor, <laughs> Uh, opens this movie up, I, and I'm pretty sure this is the very first lines said in the movie, with, gentlemen, first contact has been made, and it isn't pretty. <laughs> and um, things only get weirder from there. Um, so he's explaining that they have arrested this couple that were found in San Francisco. He specifically says they were found in the Haight-Ashbury, so their weird behavior wasn't picked up on right away because they were in this <laughs> weird part of town. I don't know what that means. I'm not from San Francisco, so I don't really understand the joke there, but I'm sure that's got to be a joke, right? Yeah, of course, because the Haight-Ashbury um, was like ground zero of hippie times in like the okay. mid to late 60s and then retained... It's like, bo that's why they keep calling Amanda bohemian in the description. Okay. Um, so basically, but by the 90s, uh, people in that area were mostly just heroin junkies. Um, Got it. So anyway, that, yes, that's the joke. It's like people there act weird anyway. So like the behavior <laughs> of these people didn't stick out right away. Mm. Um, and then he gives the group this photograph of what the alien is supposed to look like when it's not taken a human form. Mm -hmm. And it was a useless photograph. No, I even I even rewound it and I was like, wait, does that looked, look like did anything? Not, <laughs> did it not look it sort of looked like an ultrasound to me. Yeah. Like yeah. It, you know how like and even an ultrasound like looks you can like kind of make out. Yeah, you can kind of make out something, but, like, it looked like a bad ultrasound. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, and as well, like, that's when Colonel Rosencrantz is like, what the fuck is this? This <laughs> doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> um, and then Mallory goes on to say that this couple is actually aliens that take human form, and in that way, they have killed ten people before be, now they've been captured that's and so that's what this discussion is about is like what to do with them now that they've been mm -hmm. captured um and so colonel rosencrantz is like D oh yeah he's got a southern accent too like that is just so oh, really yeah because he's like well what oh, makes him die 
Like, oh, th- I can't really remember which one he is, but oh, yeah, okay. He's smoking. That's the whole thing. He's such a caricature. So he's a colonel yeah. smoking a big ass uh, cigar and asking like, well, who cares about how to hold on to him? We just got to know what makes him die. Why don't we just, he, I think he's like talking about dissecting them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else is like, no, no, no. Um, they still are like these Beings need to be under control because they've killed all these people. But, like, now I don't think... I keep referring to Mallory and Vint throughout this as FBI agents. I'm not sure that they're the FBI. I don't know what the F they are, but let me tell you. Like, in the scenes <laughs> when there's, like, cops or whoever they are, they're all a mess. <laughs> like, they they literally, like, sometimes when they're, like, they have them, like, rolling in and it looks like... Like a fake person, like making fun of people who like do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it it looks like someone like falling and then like turning it into a roll and like getting back up and pointing. It looks crazy. Yeah. So, um, but but throughout the movie, there is this like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like territoriality between Mallory and the feds. And mm. Colonel Rosencrantz and the military guys. Because, um, and this is true. This is a common thing. Like, when military people get involved, they're mostly, like, the solution is a military solution. And that typically means we're going to fucking kill these people. Kill everybody. Or we're going to blow something up. Or, like, that's what yeah. that's our skill set. So that's how we handle these <clears throat> issues. Um, right. Whereas the feds are like, no, 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 we need to get information from them because this is first contact. Like we want to mm-hmm. like, cause, cause they're an intelligence gathering group. That's their job. Mm. So they're like, what we're supposed to do is get, gather information. That's the point. So mm. it's this pissing contest between these two guys. Um, now as well in my handwritten notes, I have all in capital letters, WARFS, FBI, exclamation point. Like, because <laughs> uh, it was a real surprise to me to see him in this movie. Um, <laughs> while everyone is talking about what to do with these aliens, we, the audience, follow the camera into the holding cell where these two people, I mean, they, they just look like a man and a woman, um, but we know they're aliens, and they're mm-hmm. standing in there. Do you remember how they are standing together? Because they're purposefully looking weird when they're in there. No, I don't remember. I was like, I was still kind of like, what's happening? <laughs> I was still trying to like wrap my brain around what was happening. And then point. that lasted the next 95 minutes. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Um, so they're standing to, like face to face, but then they're like touching foreheads together. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay, okay. It's coming back to me a little bit. But, like, so my impression of this little scene was that we were supposed to understand that the aliens communicate with each other telepathically. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they have sort of kind of, like, telepathic powers. Because then the woman of the pair goes and, like, stands at the wall next to the door... And then they show the outside where two guards are, you know, keeping them in this room. Mm -hmm. And the woman, like, puts her hands to the wall 
and turns and looks at her partner and they have this like weird like eye lock where you're like okay they're communicating something Mm -hmm. and then she kind of turns and her attention goes like through the wall and Mm -hmm. then one of the guards standing outside starts like being very graphically describing how he needs to pee yeah there was so much gratuitous everything in this movie like <laughs> everything was gratuitous he because he didn't just say like oh I've gotta I feel like I've gotta go to the bathroom he like tells his partner like he's gotta piss and then I think he says like sometimes oh when he comes back from the bathroom he says like sometimes a good piss is better than an orgasm and I was like that nobody asked you like what are you talking about nobody asked you um nobody questioned how your pee went sir and nobody like cares like if you need to go to the bathroom which as we learn is not protocol in this situation um I think you just say like hey can I go to the bathroom or I'm going to and then you don't discuss it when you get back no if you're discussing here's here's a bit of advice for those of you who are in the working world or plan to work in the future, <laughs> nobody who you work with wants to know what's happening in your bathroom time. And you know what? We, we shouldn't have to tell you that. <laughs> that, should, <laughs> that should be something that you kind of like learn as you go through life. Um, in fact, that that's, that's just even, not professional. That's even true outside of work as well. Most people yeah, don't want to know what happens to you in your bathroom time. Um, yeah. So. I mean, reserve that for the people who are closest in your life, who you have a certain bond with. But depending on who those people are, they might not want to know it either. I feel like the only person who should ever need or know to care is your doctor. And that's it. Nobody else needs I barely to feel know. like they need, I barely <laughs> feel like they need to know. Um, uh, well, you have an anti-doctor policy, so that's like that's a different... True issue um but so anyway this alien in the body of a woman sends like telepathy messages to the guard to make him need to pee when the Mm -hmm. one guard goes away to pee the female alien like her her human woman body like melts or transmogrifies i'm not really sure how i would describe it and she turns yeah. into her alien form. And again, you did describe this as a plastic bag on the ground. Um, but can you try and like elaborate on what the alien yeah. looks like? Yeah, because I mean, I it kind of like, uh, it changed a little bit as like you saw it more and more. But yeah, it, at first it really did look like a crumpled bag on the ground. Um, it also sort of looks a little bit like a stingray that yes. can like just slither a bit. Yes, um, but it's I, like lumpy. What, yeah, that's what I described it as in my handwritten notes. It was like transforms to stingray question mark. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was like kind of lumpy, and like that's why I said bag like because it kind of, you know, and the fact that it's like melt they melt down into this like kind of reminded me of Alex Mack, but oh, Alex yeah. Mack melts down to a very nice puddle of mercury. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a super attractive puddle of goo. Well, I just mean it's like more like uh, consistent looking. This yes. looks like kind of crazy. It looked, um, I guess, maybe also a bit 
like, now I need to double check if this is the correct insect that I'm thinking of. But I just, to me, it almost looked like a cicada. Oh, there's a bug. Oh, there's a bug I feel no, like it looks like. No, cicadas have wings. But yeah, there's a bug that looks like a bunch of little, like, triangles put together. Yeah. Um, and, like, has a shell. And if you're an entomologist, yeah. do write in and tell us what this bug yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can picture what bug you mean because that's what, maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah, so it looks like a bug. But importantly, it also has this weird stinger that mm-hmm. can, like, shoot out of it. And wraps around the leg of the guard that is on the other side of the door. Yeah. And somehow, this is the process by which we will learn, um, this is the alien consuming the human person. Which is weird, because I'm like, how can you consume something, but then it's... around its leg? Well, that, but also you you quote-unquote eat it, but like... It's still there. The body is still there because you're like it in never, it. Right. So I don't get that. Yeah, no. I like I mean, I don't remember if we said while we were recording or not, but like we we don't science doesn't happen much in this movie. No. No, no, no. Like true validated science, I should say. <laughs> um but yeah, I just I I'm I'm now more and more realizing like because the whole premise, what we learn a bit later, is that basically this alien has eaten this guard. Um, mm-hmm. And yet the guard's body continues to exist and the alien's consciousness is in it. Yep. And so I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get I how that's eating. <laughs> I don't get how that's eating. I don't get... Anyway. So... The new alien slash guard leaves his post. And I'm going to say his because it's a male guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then walks into the kitchen and starts looking around and sees this character that I mentioned named Connie. And uh, he asks Connie to make him a peanut butter and banana sandwich. And Is what- this when she says, fuck off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is her first fuck off. And I love that. Um, I, that would be my response as well if someone told me to make them something, especially at work. Especially a man um, at work telling me to make him a sandwich. Like, yeah, no, fuck off. I would definitely say fuck thousand. off. Yeah. Um, so I also, like, I described Connie at this point as a lady with a bumpet and chola lipstick says fuck off. Um, but it it isn't just Chola lipstick. I was going to ask you about this. Do you remember how in the nineties there was that lipstick? Well, not just dark lipstick, but like there was a period when you would just do lip liner and then kind of like neutral gloss over that. Yeah. And it kind of, I mean, I remember that, but it was, I was, I was like 10 or something. No, not that you were doing doing it, but like, I remember that being a very popular look. At the time. Yeah. And I and I was very reminded of that. And I will say this about yeah. this movie. Probably the thing I liked best about it is... Was the 90s-ish? Yes. Like all the clothes yeah. and all the like oh looks my God. were so the Amanda girl. perfect. The Amanda girl's hair. Like yes. every... Yes. It was like, like... It was the Rachel. Was, it was the Rachel. <laughs> yeah. But it was flipped and it was like a little bit of chunky highlights. Oh, and yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she often wore two barrettes 
in it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that I did, I every time I liked that. But like yeah, most same. everything else was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> so while this kind of exchange is happening, I don't totally understand why the alien thinks that it's a better idea to get into Connie's body rather than the guard it just has. But that's what happens. Yeah. So... And this is when we really see, like, the stinger. Like, it's really long and, like, it comes out and it's real gross. Um, yeah. And it takes over Connie. Um, and then Connie, alien slash Connie, leaves the safe house, walks out to the parking lot, and then, like, clicks her car keys to find mm-hmm. the car to leave. So... already these aliens have, I mean, they had already killed some people, so they've been around long enough on Earth to at least have figured that out. Um, Of like, these things are keys, I need them, and they also help me identify which car is mine. Um, I mean, it's learning fast. It is, but then the rest of the movie, it's as if they've never learned anything at all. Yeah. Um, Then we cut to... So the, all of this is cold open, by the way, um, because then we get yeah. the credit music and we see um, Amanda and the alien. And even the credit music sounded real 90s, but I don't think it was like a specific song that I reckon. It was just like, you know, grungy rock sort yeah. of thing. Um, and it's like happening over these this montage of like seeing Amanda, she, her alarm clock goes off um, and we see like, kind of what she does as her morning routine. And all of Mm -hmm. what we see is meant to tell us that Amanda is quote-unquote artsy. Um, Now, this part reminded me of that movie, She's All That. Interesting. Um, Oh, because because of the painting. Because she's supposed to be like an artist. Yeah. 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 Um, I wrote down, of course, she's a journal girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she like makes her special coffee and most, well, the coffee shop in general, I got to say also was very nineties because I feel like an emo coffee shop was like, Oh yeah. A thing. Yeah. And then in this, I mean, the other super nineties of it all is like part of the montage of her getting ready is her putting in her belly button ring. (laughs) Yeah. And wearing her midriff and like all her things. But that was even stupider. So first of all, as someone who used to have a belly button ring, um, you don't, you don't like take it out and put it back in. Like that's weird. And secondly, so she wear, so the bottom layer of her look was a midriff top, but then she like put a big shirt over it. And I was like, well, like, what is that about? Um, but most because you just had to, no matter what you were wearing in the nineties, part of it had to be a midriff. That's true. It was mandated by law. Um, that was, I mean, and that went into the early two thousands too. For sure. Um, but the real nineties, like the cherry on top of the nineties montage of this, what kind of car does she drive? Uh, I would have forgotten this, but you did write it down. She drives the VW Bug. Yes, she drives a two toned. And the two tones mm. are white and light blue VW mm. bug. Like, clap, and not the stupid VW bug that came out in the, the 90s. Yeah. It was the original version. Um, yeah. So, like, everything about this. I was like, oh, my God. God. This is like a time capsule. 
Um, then she goes to her job. We're in this weird-ass store that kind of looks a bit like... Maybe it was supposed to be some kind of, like, knockoff contempo casual sort of yeah, store. Yeah, it had a funny name. I forget. I feel like they showed a name of it, but now oh, I can't remember they? what it I was. didn't even notice. I can't remember. Mm. But, so, we're in this store. It's playing really aggressive 90s club music at what can only be, <laughs> like, 10 in the morning. Um, and... We see Amanda at work, and she is deeply unpleasant. Um, <laughs> she is rude to a customer. She's rude to her coworkers. Um, and in fact, that's what her coworkers say after she's really rude to this lady who's shopping at the store, um, because she says, "You're too old to shop here." Basically, um, <laughs> the, the her coworkers are like. You should be nicer to the customers. And Amanda's like, no, I won't be because she's all, she's like, I'm going to stop working here in a couple of weeks anyway. And I wasn't sure if that's because she was like, I know I'll be fired. Or if like she had some sort of plan where she was going to work X amount to save up money and then she was going to quit. Yeah. Not that it matters, but she is not good in the retail world. She should not be there. <laughs> um... And we'll see throughout this entire movie, she sucks. She's like... She's not great. A horrible person to well, and be she's around. A, she's <laughs> and she's a confusing person, too. Also we'll get that. there, too. I mean, but, like, so going back to what I asked you at the top, this is one of the few people where I really believe that she's happy to sell out humanity. Doesn't give a uh, fuck. <laughs> Well, and also question mark, too, like, how old is she supposed to be? Well, unclear, but I think she's supposed to be out of high school. Mm-hmm. But, but like, maybe not going to college? Not like, going to college. Because, remember, there's, we'll get to it, she's talking about art school. Oh, I kind of forgot. So, I, and she, and Nicole Eggert is 23, so I feel like yeah, she's that, somewhere in that be. window somewhere. I got the vibe that she was supposed to be in high school at some point, but that's clearly wrong. So anyway. Well, she's living at home with her parents. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. just because... Wait. And then... Okay. All right. Do we ever see her parents? No, we never do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so after her coworkers are like, you should maybe try and be nicer, and she says, fuck that... Um, they're like, oh, do you want to, like, go to this party tonight? And she's like, no, I hate parties. And whoever's, and she says something bitchy about the person throwing it. Um, <laughs> and then she's like, I just am going to hang out with my boyfriend, Charlie. And even though it, Amanda has alienated these women who she's talking to, they're still nice enough to be like, Charlie's a real douchebag. Why are you dating him? You know, um... But I know I'd be like, listen, y'all are perfect for each other. You're both douchebags. That's like. that is true, but there is a difference in the douchebaggery because um, we now come back. Amanda's come home from work, and this is when she comes into the house and she see, on the answering machine. Her parents have left her a message saying that they're going to Napa for the weekend, so they're never there. Okay. Um, then she gets a call from Charlie, and th this is a thing that they do repeatedly in this movie. Whenever anyone's on the telephone, they do a split screen to show both people on the phone. 
<laughs> which I don't really, I mean, I do like it as a bit. I just, I was like, why does it have to be every time though? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it was like an ADR issue. Like they're like, maybe. we got to hear the other side of it. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. But so anyway, she gets a call from Charlie and this is where, like I said, maybe this actor is good because when Charlie calls, it's the same actor. He looks disgusting to me and he sounds disgusting <clears throat> and he's gross. Um, and he's calling her to say, cause she had planned on not going to this party that she hated because she wanted to hang out with <laughs> Charlie. But now uh-huh. Charlie's calling to bail well, on She kind of hates Charlie, too. She yeah. Was, I think she's a hater. Yeah. I, yeah, she's, like I said, she's unpleasant. <laughs> and truly. Um, so Charlie calls her up and says that he can't hang out with her because his cousin from the South, unclear exactly where in the South, um, has come to town and Amanda flies into a rage and says... Well, I think she, like, asks a bunch of questions about the cousin. And she's like, your hot cousin <laughs> or something well, like no, that. Well, no. She like, said she calls her a tramp. Yeah. And I was, was like... Very, that was... I thought I was, again, missing something. Well... Because... Yeah, go ahead. No, like, that's it. I guess that's it. I thought I was missing something because I thought, like, she... Again, yeah, her reaction was so strong and so immediate. I was like, has he slept with his cousin before? Like, what is yes. happening? Well, the answer is yes, he has. Gross. That's a whole storyline in this, which is like, what the oh, fuck yeah. are you talking about? So the reason Amanda is pissed off is and why she's calling. Like, because I'll say this. Um, I think I know that James has cousins, and I think I have met one of them before. Um, I... Why is this going? I'm scared. <laughs> but I, what I mean, what I'm saying is, I don't know enough about any of those people to fly into a rage about or like their sex life enough to say like they're a tramp or a slut or a whatever. Well, it's also like, like not appropriate. I would no, it's not appropriate either. But like, I'm just like, how can this cousin who presumably would only like be around every so often, like what is going on with this? Um... And so anyway, uh, this is yet another kind of series of fuck-offs where Amanda's like, (laughs) fuck off, Charlie, and like hangs up the phone. Um, And so then, because she's irritated, she like goes into the living room, slams down on the couch, and like turns on the TV. And what should we see on the TV? But do you remember what she's watching? Like the news announcement? I didn't. (laughs) I didn't necessarily remember this, but it's it, from what you, your notes say, there was just a news broadcast saying that there's some aliens on the loose in San Francisco. Yes. The television news, like local broadcast, says, hey, everybody in the San Francisco area, an alien <laughs> has escaped from somewhere. And Colonel Rosencrantz comes on and he's like, Y'all better find this alien and when we do. Like, it was just, I was like. And do they give any information like this is the body that it's in? Like, nothing, right? No, they don't. They no, just, they like, just say, say alien. alien is out there. That's ridiculous. It's, well, from everything I've watched of alien type movies, which, you know, are all credible, like. <laughs> Those are all documentaries based on yeah. facts. Like, again, like, not to keep bringing up Men in Black, but we should watch Men in Black sometime. But, yeah. like, the. The, there's specific, like, 
agencies in place yes. <laughs> in Men in Black that are meant to hide that information Correct. from the public. And, you know, because it would cause a mass hysteria. Everybody yes. knows. Like, yes. And especially if you're giving no information. Like, just, I'm looking for an alien. That's all you're giving and me. And that it can like, take human form. People would just start stabbing their spouses immediately. Like... And it would be a disaster. And, yeah. But, like... Uh, you, I wouldn't. You wouldn't go back out in public. I'd be like, we okay. We'd no longer go in public. Yeah. Like we are quarantining at home. It's <laughs> just like COVID. It's, it's COVID, but we're <laughs> staying inside from the aliens. Like that is that is wild. I know. But the best, the best for me is coming up when she meets the alien. Yes. Anyway. Yes. We're we're almost there because so. That happens. She actually isn't terribly interested in this news and changes the channel and then is like, oh, no, there's nothing good on TV. <laughs> then, <laughs> then she decides to do some sketching with charcoals, which, again, is, like, such a 90s girl vibe of, like, <laughs> we've got to have this obligatory shot where midriff-bearing Nicole Egger is, like, really good at drawing with charcoal. Mm -hmm. And then she gets bored of that. And then there's a whole outfit montage mm -hmm. where it's, again, super nice. She all changes these her outfit. She changes her outfit again. Isn't And then this outfit. I think I did like this outfit, I'll be honest. But, like, it was the all black one. Was yes. that this one? Yes. Well, because then she goes to, again, a, like, this was a highlight for me because I love a montage, especially an yeah. outfit montage and especially a 90s outfit montage. Um, yeah. But so she goes through a series of different looks and settles on what I would describe as a slightly less edgy version of what the witches in the craft wear um, because <laughs> yes. it's got those like witch shoes that were very popular yes. in the 90s. I think maybe even knee-high socks, though I can't totally remember. I can't remember. She, I don't think she was wearing knee-high socks, but I think she was wearing like... Oh, no, they were the like, little ankle socks. Yes, yeah. that's right. And then a black mini skirt and then a black... Polo midriff. shirt, but midriff. Yeah, it was cute. I'll it was honest, cute, and the like... and the double barrettes were in the mix <laughs> on her, like on her very aggressive center she part. She could have been hair. in clueless too. Oh yeah. Um. So, but the thing that I was really confused by, so she does all of that montaging just to hang out at the local cafe she goes to all the time. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta look cute at the, at the coffee shop because like, I actually think movies are the reason I like coffee because <laughs> like, I, I was like, oh, it's, it's cool. You like have to like coffee because you like have to go to the coffee shop. Like I remember like making myself like coffee so that I could go to a coffee shop. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, now cut to 20 years later. And I'm not kidding. Like, I used to think I was so cool when I would go to, like, the Thirsty Mind, which is, like, in <laughs> our hometown. And it was just, like, a little... I was like, I was like I'm was so like, cool. So, yeah, the coffee shop thing, I think, rings true. I feel like... For sure. Well... <laughs> maybe maybe I was just impressionable at that time, but it, fe <laughs> it felt like coffee shops were, like, a big deal and, like, a cool oh, yeah. hangout for teens. Yes. I mean, I would say what rings true is that the 90s started selling us that coffee shops were these things. They already existed. It was just like, yeah. now we're going to like act as though everyone just this figured this out. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So she goes to her local cafe called Cafe Retro. 
and mm-hmm. she sits down, and not only has this alien escape thing gotten onto the TV news, the front page of the, the newspaper says, like, alien on the loose. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> so reckless. Okay. Uh, then the barista at this place, like, tries to hit on Amanda and... Well, I do understand that there's nothing more annoying than when you go into a place and you just want to sit and be left alone and somebody hits on you. I do get it, how gross and obnoxious that is. At the same time... I have that problem all the time. Please, everybody, leave me alone. (laughs) Um, I gotta say, now that I'm 40, that hasn't happened in a long time, but it once did. It really happens to me all the time. (laughs) It once sorted it. But Uh um, the point is... She is, like, her level of anger to this situation is shocking because she is such an unpleasant person to interact with. Um, Because she says something like, if you touch me, I'm going to, like, cut off your hand or something bizarre. (laughs) And I was like, you just really, like, brought a gun to this knife fight. Like, I don't... All you got to do... You could just say, like, I'm not leave, interested. Thank yeah, you. leave me alone. And then, as as now we're all learning, especially those men out there who try these methods, <clears throat> once someone says, leave me alone, please, then you have to leave them do alone. It. And I will say to yeah. this barista's credit, that's exactly what he does. Um, yeah, well, especially if someone said to you, okay, leave me alone, please, and they... that you're Yes, leave them alone, please. But if someone, like was even more aggressive and said, I will cut off your hand. I probably would leave him alone yeah, because then fair. I would be scared. That's fair. <laughs> um, so now this barista doesn't deserve that much credit though because yeah. he goes straight over to Alien slash Connie and does basically the same routine on her. And yeah. because Alien Connie doesn't actually know how to interact with human beings, um... She says, like, the exact same thing Amanda just said. Like, word for word, the exact same thing. And Amanda happens to be watching this whole thing transpire and is like, hmm, this seems weird that this girl is, like, saying the exact same thing as me. And then also, Amanda notices what alien Connie is wearing. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember what she's wearing. It's hard to tell in the barista scene because she's sitting down, so you only see, like, kind of from her chest up. But she's got, like, a shirt on her body, but then two different sweaters tied around her body. I remember that. Like, diagonal across. So, like, it's, it's as if, like, you take, like, a sweater and then put the sweater where the neck is, like, off your shoulder. Like... A, like a, oh, um, I don't remember this. Like a matador cape, uh, oh. and then and then tie the sleeves under your other armpit like oh, that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So she had one yeah. going one way and one going diagonal the other way. Across. I actually love that. I actually feel like that could be could have been a '90s thing. <gasps> but, like I wouldn't be surprised if someone was like, "Yeah, no, that was the thing." Because there was a thing about like tying a sweater around your neck. That was like a. You remember well, that? in the eighties, you would tie a sweater around your shoulders, and your then shoulders, in yeah, the nineties, yeah. it was always like just put a 
a thing around your waist. Tie something around yeah. your waist as add an, an additional layer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there, so it was like, yeah, Alien Connie had gotten some sort of awareness of like people tying <clears throat> this around their bodies, but she just didn't do it the way she didn't execute you're it supposed very well. to do it. <laughs> um, and oh god, like I, it also reminded me of like she's just wearing too many clothes. Um, and it reminded me of how I used to like to put on all of my Christmas gifts on Christmas day. (laughs) It kind of had Mm -hmm. that look to it. Mm Yeah. So Amanda sees that and she sees this weird interaction. And so she walks over to alien Connie's table. And this is what is wild to me. She like immediately is like, so you're doing a really bad job of pretending to be a human being. And I'm like, that's a leap. Like, like, honestly, okay, this is sort of what I wanted to talk about. Like, she, I mean, you alluded to it already with when, with like her reaction to like the news report, but she is so nonplussed by the idea of an alien. It's wild. It doesn't phase her even one iota. Like, not. And just that this girl is like, yeah and like and you're right like the leap I kind of forgot that she did that. I kind of felt like I thought that the girl had said like I'm an alien nice to meet you I forgot no like, she coaxes it out of her like what the actual hell okay so she hears her like reject a guy in the same way she did she sees her wearing weird sweaters and she also does notice like that there's something a little bit weird about her fingers when she like puts down her oh, mug right. that she's out yeah, of. yeah 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 but even all of those things together like doesn't I, that's not necessarily where, add up to alien. And even like so we're I in this position where I see somebody acting strange and the news has told me an alien is on the loose. Um I still wouldn't go there as my first assumption. No. I wouldn't and also number 3 billion, I wouldn't if I did go there, if I was like okay, there's an alien on the loose. That person's acting weird. They must be that alien. I'm going to go up to them. Right. And teach them how to be a human. Correct. Like you said, why? Yeah. Yeah. Because, so that is in fact, she's like, I'll help you learn how to be a human. And as you saw in the outline and really like as anyone with a brain would ask, what is her motivation to do that? Literally why? Like what would be the point of this? And especially because... Like Amanda has a established, yeah. Amanda has established yeah. she doesn't like helping anybody. Um, yeah, she doesn't even like her boyfriend. She doesn't like no. her coworkers. Why is she going to help this like random strange alien? This alien who has killed people, which she knows because that was on the news. Like, um, but this goes back to that thing. She is happy to, and we'll see more of this very shortly. Um, she is happy to like, be like, humanity sucks. I'll help you. Um, I just don't, I don't get it. And especially because. I mean, humanity has its problems. Let's not not lie. But like, but it's definitely weird. But also I'm like, they didn't in the, in the world of this movie to make this moment make sense. And therefore the rest of the movie to make sense. We would need something happening in those opening, in that montage, like 
does she like aliens? Is she a sci-fi person? Like something yeah. to make us be like, ah, that's why she yeah. feels compelled to help this entity. But there's not yeah. even that. There is literally no reason why yeah. she would do this. Um, and for that reason, Alien Connie is extremely suspicious of this offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but nonetheless, uh, it's pretty clear that Alien Connie does need some help. Um, yeah. and in fact is like kind of just waiting around until it can get picked up by its colleagues like some like a couple days from now. So Amanda's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, I will help you um do all this stuff. And it's like, I I don't understand why, but there we are. But cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um so in the meantime, the feds have figured out that one of these aliens has escaped and that it's escaped in the body of Connie. Um, and so then they just, they are like, we need to track where her car is to figure out where she's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, then we cut to Amanda's house, um, where Amanda has taken this human eating alien. Um, and there's like a weird bit about how Amanda has a cat and that's weird. Um, and then they get inside and Amanda realizes that Alien Connie smells very bad. Um, Gross. Because she just hasn't showered in whatever amount of time. Um, and so then Amanda's like, look, if you look, if you're wearing all these clothes and you smell like this, you're going to stand out. You can't do that. Um, like, I'm, I'm, I told. I actually feel like I disagree with that in San Francisco, but whatever. Or, or anywhere. In fact, the more offensive your BO is, the farther away people are going to stand from you. Like, no That's one true. cares what you're doing if your BO is real bad. That's um, true. But nonetheless, she's like, you got to shower and then blend in and then that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they go, this shower scene. I can't with this. Like, the, uh, this is where we get into this weird, like, this is supposed to be sexy bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's the mid-90s, it's supposed to be, like, a bit naughty because it's two girls. Um, but, like, okay, so the deal is that, like, so the Connie girl gets in the shower naked. Blah, first blah, she blah, gets and then totally like, nude and we see her boobs as well just so yeah well and another re- like and i feel bad for that actress because it's usually the actresses that are like i don't want to say they're desperate some people are fine with showing their bodies but it feels desperate right. sometimes right. anyway um because like the lead girl doesn't show her boobs no and, she absolutely anyway. does not so anyway the connie lady gets in the shower and then is like I don't know what to do. And she's like, just start scrubbing. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Or she tells her how to shower. And she's like, I don't get it. Right. Um, so she's like, okay, Which in fairness you. to Connie, okay, she's never showered before. Fine. Yeah, fine. But the choice that was weird to me, if, like, let's pretend that, like someone's like, I don't know how to shower. I need help. And I would be like, okay, I'll help you because they're an alien. Um, 
this does not mean you need to get naked and get in with them. No. You can stay fully clothed and even technically out of the shower and just be like, okay, now wash there, wash there. Like, you don't have to do it right. for them. Like, you could supervise. You could be like, take the washcloth. Yeah. Pick it up. See that weird block? Yeah. That soap. Rub yeah. that on the washcloth. See, now there's yeah. lather. Now rub that cloth on any and all body parts. You are yeah. showering now. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, anyway. I mean, they don't show anything with this because, like, even though this is supposed to be, like, naughty, they're, like, not actually. No, they're um, not. There's, like, there's easily six to eight inches between them, like, a big chunk of air between them. Um, they're not going to go to, like, any, like, lesbian area. Like, no. they weren't ready to do that. And, in fact, when they're in there and Amanda is, like, helping her, she says... You need a new body. So it's super actually homophobic while also supposed to be titillating. Um, Wait, who says you need a new body? Which one says that? Amanda says it. Ew, why? Because she doesn't feel good about being naked in the shower with another woman, even though it's not really even a woman, it's an alien. Yeah, she's like totally fine with it being... Oh, God. We'll we'll get to like her weirdness about like... Anyway, whatever. Continue. So then the shower is over uh, and they're downstairs. (laughs) I know. Um, They're downstairs in the kitchen and Alien Connie is explaining that like human life is perfect for her species to eat. Um, Nice. So And basically Alien Connie is saying, because I've just eaten Connie yesterday, that's why I haven't eaten you, Amanda. Um, and Amanda <laughs> freaked me out. Well, it doesn't bother her a bit. No, um, she doesn't care. And so then Amanda's like, well, why did you come to Earth? And Alien Connie is just real cagey and is like, we ha- had a mission. Because remember, she came with a, a other alien that was in right. that opening scene. Um, right. Meanwhile, while they're chatting about this, Alien Connie discovers the spice rack in Amanda's oh, kitchen. Here we go. And in particular, she starts slamming paprika down her gullet and is acting <laughs> real like that eating a bunch of pap- paprika is like the most erotic experience Connie has. Is it ever erotic had. or is it like drugs? I and I thought it was like meant to be sexy, like it make because oh because then remember like later they. Well, I mean, I know later, but I thought it was. I still thought it was like a drug thing. Well, it's a drug. It's this. I guess maybe it's akin to like ecstasy is a drug, yeah. but it also makes you pretty horny, right? Like, <clears throat> so that's maybe it's like yeah. that. Um, but what's weirder still than that is Amanda's response because she sees Connie like chugging down this paprika and this is a direct quote. Amanda says, that'll make you fly all right. And I'm like, what? Is she an alien? (laughs) I'm like, are there human beings who think that eating like spices makes you high? Because... It doesn't. Well, like, marijuana is a spice, I guess. Well, maybe, I thought that's what they were trying to allude to is like that sure. marijuana is kind of like an herby spice. Well, thing. sure, but like anything that's on a regular spice rack in an American kitchen is not the thing that's going to get you high. Like, dang it. 
You don't even care about getting high. I know. I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> just. But. Because don't they also like later, also the alien eats like cinnamon and yes, gets high. Correct. Um, yeah. So I guess there's some kind of chemistry in their body that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is wild. Um, so then uh, they go into the living room and Amanda again says, you need a new body. And now she says it in a non-homophobic way, which is like, they're going to be looking for Connie. So, mm-hmm. you know, really and truly, we need, you need to go into something else. And, and you know what they never deal with in this movie? What? Um, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, what, is, what does this alien do with the bodies they're, like, getting rid of? Like, so... Oh, no, that's... They say it just disappears. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> Again, pretty magical. I don't know how this happens That's, but it happens they're magic i guess um so this is where i really was shocked because so amanda's like you need a new body and she's talking with alien connie in a completely normal way about killing a guy yeah like so nonchalant she's like oh i know what we can do well because this is a bit homophobic because amanda is angling for connie to go into a male body at this Mm. point um Mm -hmm. and because she's saying oh that's what it is she's like as a guy you won't get as bothered because girls always Mm. get bothered right like and so Mm -hmm. you got i mean fair enough but yeah i Anyway, this movie but is, yeah. like, nuts in its gender politics, such as it is. <laughs> um, but so, but I also now think it's, like, she wanted it to be a guy. Because um, she's a whore. <laughs> I don't know what she is, but this yeah, is she's weird. wild. So, so then she suggests this plan that they go to, like, a club because guys in clubs apparently are disgusting and so we don't have to feel I think feel that bad. is right. I do think that is right. I mean, based on my experience of clubs, it's like 99% right. Um, yeah. But even so, just because someone's a club creep. No, they don't deserve to die. No, I, that's, <laughs> that seems a bit too far. Um, no. So she's like, we'll just dress up real sexy, go to a club, get some doofus, You'll eat him. Kill then him. We'll be fine. <laughs> like she was totally like not even a whiff of concern about feeling bad about this plan. No. Um. Now, in the midst of making this plan, who should call but terrible boyfriend Charlie? <laughs> and we get another split screen, and Charlie calls, and he's like. I mean, this also was, like, such a fucking 90s thing. He's like, I left some CDs over at your house. I'm going to come and (laughs) pick them up. (laughs) Oh, that is, like, that's, like, the most 90s thing a person. It reminds me of, actually, the part in um, uh, Clueless where the the douchebag guy is like, I left my cranberry CD in the (laughs) office. I got to (laughs) go. Yeah, exactly. So um, she's like, whatever, fine. And he's like, I'll be over in like half hour. And so that is some important CDs. He cannot. He cannot be without his live throwing copper CD. God. Um, So anyway, uh, she hangs up the phone and she looks at Alien Connie and is like, oh, turn of events. Um, I'm going to leave. You can eat my ex-boyfriend, Charlie. That sounds great. 
Um, so... <laughs> Uh, she is messed up. So then she's like, also, okay, so like, here's the deal. He's going to come by. He's going to ask for these CDs. And then you'll just like pounce or whatever. And mm. Alien Connie is like 100% with you. Got it. Um, then, so, she, so Amanda's like, yeah, Charlie, come on over, whatever. When they hang up the phone... Now, up to this point, I was like, oh, is, are we saying that Amanda is kind of like a crazy bitch who believes that her boyfriend is having sex with his cousin? Mm -hmm. But then, when she hangs up the phone and the split screen ends, we see Charlie lean over and French kiss his cousin. Yeah, I may have missed that part, but I knew that he was creepy. I mean, it's best that you missed it. I was just, I literally was like... Uh, I screamed. I was like, so he is fucking his cousin? That's like a thing he's doing? <laughs> Yuck. Um, he really is bad. And I maybe that's because, maybe they need that so that then we don't feel bad when he dies. I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe. But so anyway, Amanda explains the plan, and then she's like, I gotta go. I can't be here when this happens. And it's like, okay, fine. Uh, Charlie comes over. And as we expect from his character, he delivers immediately. He starts hitting on Alien Connie um, immediately. Uh, and, like, just touching her breasts, like... It was so inappropriate. I was like, what? I, again, felt like I missed something um, where I was like, did... Have they talked for more than two minutes? No, he just he like just, comes over to his girlfriend's house. There's yes. a random stranger lady there. And he's like, well, if my girlfriend's not here, I guess I'll have sex with this girl. Absolutely. And so um, he kisses Alien Connie, but she is not really into that. Um, yeah, fair. And then she's like, but I do want you to touch me here. And she puts his hand in her crotch, which, of course, is, like, where she just figured out something cool is happening. Um, <laughs> then they pretty immediately go to having sex, where, again, we see this actress's breasts. Um, yeah, I felt bad for her for some reason. Yeah. Just, like, it wasn't worth it for this movie, girl. Like, I know. Um, but so then... Like, Charlie finishes, I guess, like, in two minutes or something. And yeah, and I did not like the back and forth between this. They were having, they were doing this and, like, back and forth shots between, like, uh, an espresso machine and, yes. like, making coffee and frothing yes. milk. I did not like that. <laughs> there were a lot of, like, visual choices that made it seem like this was a student film. <laughs> it was, I did not like that at all. Um, that made me grossed out. Yeah, so... Charlie basically finishes and rolls over, and Alien Connie is like, I'm not done. And Charlie's like, well, I am. Too bad for you. And so that makes Alien Connie fly into a rage, um, where that then triggers Charlie being consumed by the alien. So when Amanda comes back, she's like looking around, and then she discovers that the alien has now become Charlie. And mm -hmm. Amanda's asking, like, how the consumption went, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and then, almost out of nowhere, she says, did he fuck you? And I was like, 
Huh? I mean, it's actually not a, I mean, clearly she, she's got this guy's number. <laughs> I guess so. And then, but the thing really is, don't ask questions that you don't want answered. Because. That's true. Alien Charlie is like, yeah, we sure did fuck. And, and then can't understand why Amanda's upset. <laughs> well, fair enough. And like, and at this point, why be upset? He's dead. Right. Like. Right. Um, and so then they both, but then they bond over the fact that Charlie is really bad at sex. Um, (laughs) like this movie is literally like, you could get whiplash from how this movie like goes from idea to idea. Um, and then, uh, alien Charlie is like, well, I'm gonna, this has helped, but I'm going to be hungry again in one or two days, which means I'm going to have to kill somebody else in one or two days. Um, But Amanda's like, well, I mean, like, it's cool for now, though, I guess. Because then they go back, they go back to the cafe, um, and they're talking, and now Alien Charlie is, like, looking longingly at Amanda and says that, like, this body is reacting differently to you than that other one. Yeah. Um, so again, very heteronormative. Like, now that yeah. I'm in a male body, now I want you. Um, yeah. And, and, ame- and, and like, vice versa for Yeah, her. Amanda loves it. She is like, cool, you're in the body. The ex-boyfriend whom I hate. Yeah. I don't understand that's this. That's hard to, like, that's hard to reckon with. Like, I, I mean... Of all the people, it's very weird. Like, it's very, very weird. Yes. So then Amanda's co-worker from the store shows up with her boyfriend. Um, and really the point of this is so that when Alien Charlie drinks coffee with cinnamon on top, he starts hmm. freaking out and doing this weird <laughs> dance. I and was very confused. I was like, what? <laughs> in the actual hell is happening and then this prompts like Amanda's like we got to get you out of here because this is acting too weird which again (laughs) like in the context of San Francisco somebody doing a a white guy doing a weird quote-unquote artistic dance is not strange it does not single you out even a little bit yeah um now as Amanda and Alien Charlie are leaving Cafe Retro we see um, FBI agent Vint and his partner coming to the same cafe because that's where Connie's car has been left. Right. And yeah. so then they go into the cafe and are like, hey, do you know the, these two people? And they have a photo of Connie and they have, uh, do they have a photo of Amanda? Oh, no, they don't yet. I think, oh, um, don't. No, because oh, that's... Oh, he says, yeah, she left with a regular... Yeah, and, and he says a couple hours ago. Like, I guess I was also confused about the time that was passing in this movie. This whole movie like, takes place, I think, in 48 hours. That's crazy. <laughs> because her parents are only in Napa for the weekend. Yeah, because this part he did say, like, oh, yeah, she left a couple hours ago with the girl. But she so had she just been in there with a guy. From, yeah, why does she go to that cafe so much? <laughs> three times in a day or some shit. Like, three times in a couple of hours. I know. Like, um, wow, weird. Like, and this is when, um, like, Worf 
smashes that guy's guitar to make him talk. Yeah, what was the point of that? And he's asking for free coffee. I was like, what is happening? I know, he asked for free coffee, and the coffee was a dollar. That was like, dude, okay, this is not like, he was like, cops drink for free. (laughs) First of all. There were so many great lines like that where I was like, what? Huh? I mean... Yeah, that's interesting logic, but, like, I don't think that's how that works. And the guy literally just said that was a dollar. Like, come on. I know. Um, But anyway, this guitar smashing changes the tone of the room. And the barista says, oh, Connie left with a regular named Amanda Patterson a couple hours ago. Um... Wouldn't he also say, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. He could also say she was just in here with a dude. <laughs> yeah. She was um, literally also just here, but also, yeah, okay. But so then um, Amanda, like this is all, ha- I just, the, some of this is like, how can this all be happening at the same time? Because then Amanda and Alien Charlie like are out on the street and they kiss for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I think Amanda even says, like, ooh, now we got to go home. And now there's a yet another sexy part where they have sex in her bedroom. Um, and this wasn't total like, this was probably, like, ex- like kind of okay as a sex scene. But um, there was that very abrupt, like, there's smooth music and, like, shots arty shots of different body parts and then there's just like you might as well have a record screech and it him it's him getting a condom out and it was like all crinkle (laughs) sounds that was really weird (laughs) and i was just like what the fuck is this like they really have to go into like that they're having safe sex i mean it was right like yeah and it was the mid 90s so like if this was meant to be like a message to teens i guess that's good but like i was just like (sighs) what the fuck is this that was definitely weird um so then they finish having sex and they're like lying in bed together and alien charlie like admires amanda's artwork that's all over her room and this is when Mm -hmm. She says, oh, yeah, I tried to get into the art academy, but, like, those dipshit people with tenure don't know anything about art. And I was like, hey, I want to have tenure. What are you trying to say? Well, you better learn a few things about art, bitch. I mean, it is, like, this is why I'm like, I don't know exactly how old she is, but it is so appropriate of someone in that kind of college age window to be like, I know more about art than somebody who's studied it for 30 years. Like, yeah. Um, and, but anyway, she, like, Alien Charlie wins her over because he's like, oh, it's really good. And she's like, yeah, blah, 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 we just had sex, so everything's great. Um, so, cut to the next day. The FBI, unsurprisingly, has found Amanda's home and they show up and they're like, hey, we heard from, like, the barista that you were around with this Connie woman. We're trying to figure out where she is. And Amanda's like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I gave her a ride here to my home. But then someone came and picked her up, which is, like, a stupid explanation. <laughs> um, like, come up with a better explanation of what happened. And then um, Vint, a.k.a. Worf, is like, well, okay, I, maybe I believe that story, but also um, your boyfriend has gone missing, 
And because <laughs> the cousin, who he is fucking, um, reported him missing. And Amanda's like, don't listen to that tramp. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Alien Charlie comes out completely nude um, yep. to say, like, well, I'm not missing. I'm right here. Um, and this is yet another homophobia extravaganza. Um, yep. Now, in fairness, if I saw anyone just come out in the nude... Uh, like in any yeah, I'd be taken aback. context, I wouldn't be super comfortable. No, um, I'd be taken aback, but I'd be like, can you go put on some clothes before we conduct this interview? They don't say anything no, about it. No, it, they literally like run out of the house <laughs> because <laughs> they've seen a man in the nude. Um, yeah. And particularly like, I'm not much of a watcher of things like cops and whatever, but my understanding is that law enforcement professionals see people in the nude a lot more than you might expect. Um, yeah, and 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 he was acting very calm. Like I think I think sometimes they probably see like naked people acting like out of control, and that right. would be even scarier. In a way. Yeah, there's nothing um, scarier than someone who is like losing their shit and they're naked. Well, yeah, because it's sort of just, like, the lowest ebb for a person, right? Well, because like, that person like, is just one step away from an animal at that point. Correct. Like, correct. cannot predict what they're going to do. Um, right. So, but he's very controlled, and he's just yes. sitting in his house naked. He could be a nudist. You don't know. Yes. And so, and he's answering their questions very calmly. Um, yeah. But they cannot handle it. And so they, they literally, <laughs> like, run out of the house. Um, in the face of this naked man. Um, and then they leave and Amanda's like, just so you know, like, it's not, you gotta wear clothes. Like, that's not really a thing we humans do. Um, and then Amanda's like, okay, so you said something about going to a rendezvous point. Like, when do you have to be there? Where is it? I'll help you get there. And this made me laugh out loud. He's like, it's this... Hollywood sign and I was like of course it is <laughs> yeah and he's got to get there by noon the next day so Amanda's like okay I'm I mean good thing good thing it's like quick semi close yeah what if he was like you know that Statue of Liberty thing and I gotta get there <laughs> like they'd be screwed I know it's true um so Amanda's like okay well I'll help you get there um this is when you apparently had a belly laugh at the gas station scene yeah. Um, because the, the gas station is really when you want to have a heart to heart with your alien boyfriend. Um, yeah. cause Amanda's asking, like, she loves to ask a question she doesn't want the answer to, because now she says, <laughs> what do you look like when you're not in human form? And he's like, well, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm like, it sure is, buddy. Um, yeah, you, I look like a weird plastic bag stingray. I look like something you wouldn't be happy to having sex with. Um, but like then immediately she's like, oh no, don't answer. I can't like deal with what your answer is. And she's like, I don't think I could handle 
knowing that I've slept with something that isn't human. And this is like the only thing that Amanda says that I find relatable in any way. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that checks out. And then I think that is where they show the guy at the gas station making a face that's like, uh, what? Yes. Um, <laughs> and that did make me laugh because can you imagine overhearing that? You'd be like, no, uh. <laughs> no. I would be like, I, I, I would try and be like, I didn't hear that. I like, yeah, that, same. I, they were talking about something and I didn't understand. Yeah. Um, then in a shocking turn of events, alien Charlie is like, I think I'm in love with you, Amanda. And she's like, I think I love you too. And I was like, what? <laughs> they are weird. <laughs> um, so then we return back to Amanda's house. Mallory and all the various cops are there. And Mallory's really pissed off because, of course, Amanda and Alien Charlie are gone. And Mallory's like, how come... He's turned to Vint and his partner. And he's like, you saw yeah. this guy walking around in the nude and I specifically said strange behavior is one of the indicating signs that this is the alien mm -hmm. and you didn't call it in and you didn't do anything you just ran the fuck away and um Vin like, hell yeah we did Vince response is like I couldn't like be there with this Johnson hanging out and I was like what yeah, it made no sense because, like, he basically was like, I couldn't think. I was looking at a piece. I was, like, so uncomfortable being in the presence of a naked man. I couldn't even do my job. So yeah, basically. Please don't be mad at me for that. Yeah. Now. That's basically what they said. Luckily, they get a clue because Mallory goes into the house and, like, tells somebody to, like, trace the last phone call that they made and it turns mm -hmm. out that it's a hotel in Bakersfield. So he's like, okay, um, we're heading there. Um, and this had made me have like a little trip down memory lane of like, oh yeah, remember when you like had to Called speak places? to a person to make a <laughs> hotel reservation? Yeah, super. <laughs> I don't really remember that because I feel like I never made hotel reservations. Right, you were thing. too little. I think I was too little as well, but like I do remember... That Just was the thing. The concept of like, yeah you, yeah, you have to like call someone to get a service. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so then we cut to the hotel. Um, oh, yeah. And this is where, hold on, wait. I got lost in my notes a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we go into the hotel lobby, and this is the first Star Trek joke because Amanda has oh. made a reservation under James T. Kirk. Oh, I didn't get that one. But also, that's such a stupid thing to do because if you're hiding from the FBI no. with an alien, why on don't earth... Don't make a reference to Star Trek. <laughs> don't do it. You just gotta be like, my name is like Joe Ruddersfield. Like anything. like and Literally anything else. Like any other choice. Anything except for another not like obvious. Like don't be John Smith. Like, don't do that right. either. But, like, anything else would be fine. Um, but so they arrive. Uh, they go to the hotel room where Amanda has um, ordered a bunch of, like, hotel, like, room service. Mm -hmm. um, or no, wait. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. So in this first little bit of the hotel room... Um, they're like sitting and Amanda's like, look what I brought. And she shows Alien Charlie a whole big thing of paprika that she's yeah. purchased. And he's oh like, my oh my God. And so then he like literally like scarfs down a whole mouthful. 
Then she pours it on her body. And then they have sex, I, I think, I assume. Um, yes. And then um, they, that's then when we get the room service thing happening. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's like. That a, also made me uncomfortable, the whole room service thing. Well, because it's like a post-coital order, but she's ordering stuff that you're supposed to do like before sex because she, yeah but what made me uncomfortable wasn't that but like what was uncomfortable was first of all she was like she answered the door and was like you need to put on clothes but she's literally wearing the bed sheets and like correct. so she answers the door wearing bed sheets he's sitting on the bed clearly with like just his crotch covered right and like the poor room service man i would be like please let me out of here immediately <laughs> Do not want to be but in like, your sex den. Honestly, I think that probably does happen. I probably lot. does, but people are because this guy was totally not phased by that at all. I know. I would. I couldn't do that job then. I guess if that's normal, because that would make me severely uncomfortable. <laughs> but what's also weird is, like I said, she or her order is what you're supposed to get before you have sex, not afterwards. She like. Maybe orders, they're gonna do it again. Well, sure, but like she orders champagne, caviar, strawberries, whipped cream, and then for Alien Charlie, chicken paprika. And right. I, I, what was weird about that I was like this whole time, he doesn't eat human food. So I was like, is he gonna eat this chicken paprika? But no, he actually he sucks off the paprika. Yeah, off he the sucks chicken. the sauce off the chicken. Yeah. It was so gross, but. Even stranger, in the context of Amanda's characterization up to this point, she's a really good tipper. Because <laughs> she gave the guy 20 bucks? Yes. And 20 bucks in 1995 was a lot of money. Well, 20 bucks, it was on a charge of like 86. But like for room service, that is a pretty good tip because not everyone even tips room service people, I don't think. Right. So I was like, this is out of character for her? What's well, going on? she's happy because she's so happy and in love. Maybe I she's guess. changing. I guess. Um, so, in the meanwhile, the FBI has arrived and they go to the lobby and ask, like, the hotel clerk, the person who checked them in, like, what room are they in? And, mm-hmm. and while that's all transpiring, the room service guy calls Amanda and is like, hey, the FBI are here and they're going to come to your room. Maybe that's why she gave him the 20 bucks. I don't know. Um, And so then Amanda hangs up the phone and she turns to Alien Charlie and she's like, there's only one thing we can do. And I was like, oh boy, what's going to be? I was curious about that. I was like, first of all, why is she like so versed in the one thing you can do to (laughs) evade the law? Like, okay. I don't know. Um, So then the FBI break down the door and they find Amanda in there. And she is acting like she has now become the alien. Yeah. And so because of that, they like, do they, is it a taser? Or I guess it's like a trank gun, right? They like shoot her with a yeah. tranquilizer yeah. thing. So she's tranked and then put on a stretcher and then put into a weird truck. Yep. And... Uh, Lieutenant Vint is still kind of like looking around the hotel room and that's when he opens the closet door, Alien Charlie is there, and then it's like the stinger comes out. 
We don't see that, though, but that's what we're... Yeah, I guess we don't. I, I know we see that the closet door opens. I can't remember. Yeah, we don't see anything, because I think we're supposed to not be 100% sure What's what about to happen, yeah. But, yeah. It, but whereas normally this would be, like, we're building tension, the tension lasts for, like, 60 seconds maximum. Yeah, because yeah. Because as soon as he comes out, he's like, hello, yes. I am... <laughs> yes, because then we're in the truck where... Amanda is being transported, I guess, back to the safe house from the beginning. And Vint is driving the truck. And then he turns to his, he like kind of pulls off to the side and he turns to his partner and he's like, I think one of the tires is flat. Can you go out and check out the tires? And the partner's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, I guess I can. And as soon as the partner's out of the truck, uh, alien Vint speeds away. Mm-hmm. Amanda wakes up and it's further confirmed that this is now not that Char alien Charlie has now become alien vent. Yes. Um, and so Amanda's like, okay, well now our next order of business is we have to ditch this truck cause they're going to be looking for us. Yeah. You're right. She does seem to know a lot about evading law She's enforcement. She's like kind of a criminal. <laughs> Um, like if I were ever to do a crime, I would like to think I would be knowing what to do. A good criminal? But I no, don't No, I'd be think, a mess. I wouldn't know. I don't think I, I, I would. And also as quick as she, she was quick. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. that whole plan that whatever she came up with in the hotel room, that was quick. And That's to true. think of like the, and to think the long game, if this, if everything that transpires was her entire plan, that's like a very long game to think of that true. quickly. True. So then... By good luck, they run across this <laughs> diner, and Amanda's like, okay, let's stop here. And then she, she again, has this, like, really good plan where um, they come in, and they sit at opposite ends of the counter in this diner, and Amanda starts chatting up the trucker that she sits, sits down next to, and mm-hmm. basically is like, oh, golly gee, I'm, like hitching a ride to Los Angeles and oh I guess I'll just wait around and see what happens and then Mm -hmm. immediately the trucker who is named Bubba um is like well I can take you to LA and she's like oh that's so (laughs) sweet that's so nice and then she like jumps up and is like honey this trucker's gonna give us a ride (laughs) and he's like ah (laughs) I mean I did again that was surprisingly clever um but I guess she's good at shit like that. Um, yeah. So in the meanwhile, Mallory picks up Vince's partner and they're like, oh, he's the alien now. That's, uh-huh. we need to get that in the way for the next bit. Yeah. We return back to the diner and Mallory and the partner show up. Needless to say, Amanda and Vint are gone. And they're trying to ask questions to the various patrons of this diner. And they're like, we're looking for these two people. And Mm -hmm. um, people in the diner are in no way wanting to help the feds with (laughs) anything. Um, And in fact, this is why there were these weird shots where I was like, is this a student film? What is going on? Because there was a, when they came into the diner, there was this long like panoramic shot of everyone in the diner staring at them. And I was like, why is, why does this movie need to be like adding art house shots to this thing? Like, I don't understand. Um, 
But so when um, the FBI comes to the diner, uh, what is the response like from the people in this diner? Oh, they're not happy about it. They're, I mean, they're supposed to be sort of like, it's funny because it's all California, but they're supposed to be like sort of hick-like. Yeah. And they all, like the FBI brings out their guns and then literally everyone in the restaurant like takes out their gun and is like, yes. cute. Even the servers have guns. Like literally <laughs> everyone in this place has a gun. Um, yeah. And so the feds kind of like are intimidated and then one of the yeah. truckers standing closest to them is like, this road you're on only goes north to south. If they came from the north and are here, they're going south. Um, mm-hmm. And Mallory, like, looks at the, his partner and is like, why didn't you think of that? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, whereas it could be said, like, Mallory, you've got the most experience of everyone. Why didn't you think of that? Um, yeah. Mean, then Mallory gets some sort of call that is from NASA... <laughs> And NASA has picked up a signal coming from off the planet that what has the hell? that they have triangulated to Los Angeles. <laughs> so, wow! So everyone is now in a race to get to Los Angeles. Um, Jesus then we cut back to the truck where Amanda, Alien Vint, and Bubba um, are all in the truck, and um, this is where Alien Vint kind of reveals the fullness of the plan of like what was supposed to happen which was that he and his partner who he reveals is actually his mate um they came to this planet to determine if earth could be a food source for their species um and he also reveals that the mate has died but we have no idea how that's happened that's like a story that will never be told that's Um, in part two and, but again, confirms this idea that there's like a telepathic connection between them because he's like, I yeah. know that it, that it died. Um, and so basically like alien vent is like, we came here to see if this would be a good place to basically farm people to eat. But mm. I now need to report back to my people that, it isn't a good site because humans are intelligent life and we don't eat intelligent life. Now, my thing... And then she said she wanted to be a vegetarian because he was he was equating, like, humans eating meat to this. Right. He and was, then I was like, oh, my gosh, is this, like, an after-school special about vegetarian? I know. It was like, kind <laughs> of like a thing, like an ad for, like, no factory farming or something. Yeah. Um, but what also is strange to me about this is, like... Why did it take so many people for this being to realize that humans are intelligent life? Like, um, Well, it seems like all the other people he ate were stupid, I guess. Well, I mean, I do not know if human beings really are intelligent life. But, like, still, <laughs> um, it seems like a long time to get to this realization. But nonetheless, yeah. the following day, Bubba drops Amanda and Alien Vint off at some parking lot. I don't know why, because it's it's made clear later this is not the Hollywood sign. So I don't know why he's dropped them off there. But um, the cops have actually beaten them to this location. And mm-hmm. they're all surrounded. And then Alien Vint, in an effort to try and protect Amanda, runs away. 
and he gets shot like six to eight times. Yep. Um, falls to the ground. And then Amanda, because Amanda loves this alien, is like, consume me so you can live. And it's like, no, because I love you and I don't want to consume you. And while they're having this like touching heart to heart, um, Mallory comes and is like trying to insert himself in this. And I think he kind of like shoves Amanda out of the way. And mm -hmm. alien Vint, who's like on his dying breath, sees this and it incenses him so much that yeah. he's like, okay, I'm going to consume Mallory instead. So then the alien jumps to Mallory's body. Bubba comes back. <laughs> And just in time with his big truck to block them, like to block all the shooting so that he can take Amanda and alien Mallory to the Hollywood sign, which is where they finally do get dropped off. And they're dropped off like literally in a park beneath the Hollywood sign. <laughs> like, I don't think you can get to it from there to be honest. I mean, I guess he doesn't need to be right there, but no. like literally it's like, a, I don't think that exists. Like I think... Whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't live in L.A. I don't know. But I don't think, like, you can actually stand that close to it, to I be don't honest. Know. I don't know. Um, so they're anyway. standing there. And Alien Mallory tells Amanda, I guess, again, this is the telepathy thing. He's like, they're coming. Goodbye, mm -hmm. Amanda. And You know what I found interesting? This was, I was sort of going to say before, but I'll keep it quick. But I find yeah. it interesting. As soon as soon as the alien is not in specifically Charlie's body, any sexual tension between them is gone. Like, they yes. still are saying, I love you and stuff. Yes. But she never kisses either of these older dudes. Nope. She's, there's never any sexual contact again. And I realized, like, the scenarios are different and they're, like, out in public and stuff. But, like, all that, like, heat and this, like, crazy, like, sexual stuff they had between them is gone when it's anybody else. And, yes. obviously, when she was in the body of a woman, she was like, ah, hell to the no. Yeah. Um, so I found that a little interesting. I mean, I'm glad of it because it would have, like, especially with Mallory, like, he was clearly very much older than her and that yeah. would have been strange. But... It was interesting. Yeah. Well, and as well, like, I suppose in the logic of this movie, the way that's explained is because remember when Charlie said that, like, my body is reacting to you thing? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe those other bodies didn't find her didn't. attractive. But her, or just, like, viewed her differently. Probably not didn't find her attractive because, let's be honest. Right. Like, right. But... Just probably had a different view of her. Right. Like, yeah. I th That's all I can imagine. I, I think, guess. I mean, it's, it's I think fine, in reality, but it, they were like, we can't have her kiss a black guy. And, we, yeah. and maybe she doesn't want to kiss an old guy. So, like, we're yeah, not doing that. Yeah, that's sort of how I felt, which is what made it a little bit uncomfortable. Yes. Like, but, but, yeah. So, he tells her they're coming and that they only have, like, a few minutes left. And she's like... But I want to come with you for some reason. Um, and he's like, no, you can't, like, live on my planet. It's not, that's not the thing. We have to say goodbye. He's like, but don't yeah. worry. I'll give you something to remember me with. And then he, just like at the beginning where with his mate, they were, like, touching foreheads. He touches her forehead with his forehead again. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, the gift that he gives her. 
And then he's like, I love you, Amanda. And I think she maybe says, I love you back. I can't remember for I sure. she does. And yeah. then he t- finally turns into a stingray bug. Yeah. Um, and she sees it. And I guess she's fine with it at that point. Um, and then the alien ship comes and the bug is like beamed up into yep. the ship. The ship flies away. Um, and then the final little bits of the movie are we cut to... This was also super 90s. She's on a talk show. Yeah, of course. Uh, and she's on a panel with other people who are talking about their alien experiences. Yeah. And th- again, she had an aggressively 90s look because she had two double barrette like in her hair. <laughs> um, and the host of this TV show is like, come on, Amanda. This is like complete nonsense what you're saying. I mean, she basically calls her batshit crazy. Yes. Like, um, And so... Amanda punches her in the face. Clearly. Um, because Amanda remains unchangeably kind of unpleasant <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> she yeah. she may learn to love, but that does not make her a better person. Um, no. And then we kind of come through the television back to the store where Amanda is still working. Um, mm. And her coworkers Even are... Even though she punched someone on national television, yes. but whatever. Um. And her coworkers love it, though. They're like, oh, my God, that host is a bitch anyway, so she deserved it. Um, And they're like, so, like, what's going on? And she's like, well, uh, I keep being questioned by the military, but, like, basically everything's gone back to normal. Um, Weird. Indeed. And then the final scene is Amanda's in her bedroom, and now she's painting this very elaborate scene that I think is supposed I to... I couldn't give a... I couldn't figure out for the life of me what that was supposed to be. Well, I think I it's, thought it was going to be a picture of the be- plastic bag stingray. I thought that's <laughs> what it was going to be. And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh. Well, but see, my theory is that she was doing a rendering of what the plastic bag alien world looked like. But how would she know that? She doesn't know that. And they don't because tell us that. Because that's the gift. The gift is not just... Uh, like, I think the gift is, one, now she's actually good at art. And two, uh, that the alien, like, communicated that image to her. Because uh, in the sex scene, at <clears throat> one point, Charlie, she, like, asks what his planet is like. And he does a description of it. And then the painting, to me looked like it looked like matched that, that description kind of oh, um weird. and that's the movie <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it can you Not even really. it believe was, it it was a trip it was a rip um so yes um because this episode has gone exceptionally long because it's like whoa um <laughs> I think we don't need to do eye rolls because the whole we get movie. It. Ten. Yeah, ten, the whole ten, movie. Tens across the board. The whole movie was an eye roll. But what I do want to talk about is yawns, just out of curiosity t- for your oh. answer. Um, so, as always, one yawn is uh, this was not boring at all, mm-hmm. very engaging. And ten yawns was like, could not keep my eyes open, very boring. What okay. would you give this? All right. Well, okay. So it's 94 minutes and any like normal person probably would say like that's not long enough to be boring. But I did start, I did have, I did take two 
sit downs to watch the whole thing. Wow. I did start to fall asleep <laughs> when I was watching it last night, but that was more a case that I was tired, not necessarily the movie's fault. Sure. So, but it's, but it didn't necessarily keep me from falling asleep, if you know what I mean. So sure. I would say probably, I'm going to say like a five. I would say like right down the middle. Sure. I think I'm going to give it maybe even a two. Oh, wow. Because um, I didn't find it boring because I was just like, yeah, what? What the literal fuck? Like, what? is coming down the track if this is what's happening right now. Like, um, yeah. because like I said, I think to me what was most strange about this movie is how it felt like it was just going from idea to idea with like very little concern for what happened before. Um, yeah. In a way that even when I think about, like I said, like, I kept thinking about Robo Vampire during this movie in particular. <laughs> and I was like, which one is crazier? Which one is worse? Um, and I almost feel like my answer is, to both of those questions, this one. Which yeah. really shouldn't be the answer because, like, the production value on this is better. This is newer like this but it had the ability to be less crazy and it was the most crazy it could possibly be <laughs> yeah yeah I mean like yeah I just like I just like at every moment I was like what and like the fact that like there were actual people in this movie who were known and they were in this movie yeah and and I was like, so it's like sexy and it's like aliens and it's like FBI plot and it's like clueless. There's too much happening. It's like, yeah, there was too much happening. What is all this? Um, it just was a real like, whoa. That, yeah. that was 94 minutes that I didn't know what was going to happen at any given second. Um, so, as always, we'll wrap up by saying to Amy, did you like this movie, and would you recommend it? Um, <laughs> it was entertaining, and it was silly. It was like a romp. Would I recommend it? Probably not. Um, I really, I don't know that I would now. If people like uh, 90s, I would recommend Clueless. If people like <laughs> nine, if people like Aliens, I would recommend like Alien or something sure. or something else. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't think so. The only thing I can say is I don't think I liked it, um, mm. but I might recommend it only in the sense of to somebody who didn't live through the 90s. I'm like, watch Check it out. <laughs> watch a bit of this movie so you can really understand what the fashion was like. Yeah. You I don't have to watch other ones you could do that have like as much 90s fashion and are like more enjoyable. As but a whole. what I mean to say is like because this was a TV movie and not yeah. like the looks to me were more actually what people wore. Yeah, I guess. You know that's what true. I mean? And so 
that's why I'm like, if you want to get a handle yeah. on what like an authentic 90s look was. Yeah. And they do a couple montages. I'm like, watch those montages, get the feel of it. And then you don't need to do anything else with this movie. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, fair enough. Well, wow, we made it yeah. to the end. <laughs> um, I am Sarah, and that's been Amy. And we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.